0: The topic of today's message is this, how do I share my faith? And I was sitting there going, "This they ask this question like this. They really want to know because here's the thing: is I think that if you hang around this church for very long, or if you're around us at all, or maybe you've been in church, you would understand that you hear it over and over again. You need to tell people about Jesus. You need to tell people about Jesus. We understand that that we've heard it enough uh, from our pastors uh, that that it's a mandate. It's something that that uh, Jesus wants us to do. That God wants us to do. And uh, Uh, And we find that in Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. It says this, And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. You know, the thing is is that it's not just a pastor's job to go into the world and preach the gospel. It's not a missionary's. it's not an evangelist. The truth is is that as soon as you become a Christian, you automatically are hereby dubbed into the ministry. Now, you might not get paid from a church, you might not be on staff at a church, but the truth is is that God has called you to do the work of the ministry. The reason why is is because you go into places that I will never be able to go. You go into workplace Places, come on you, you and you're around employees you're around employers you're around all of these different people that I may never meet so I can't tell them about Jesus God has put you in that office in that place to be the person to tell them and show them the love of Jesus young people you got to understand that that you're you're not being tortured by your parents to be made to go to school you are there for a reason we have this thing where we tell our kids that they are the pastors of their school why is that because I want them to understand that they're not here by accident, but they're here on purpose, that God has put them here for a reason, and they're on assignment to go into their schools to show the love of Jesus and to impact their schools. That's what God has called all of us to do, and, the, and we all understand that because we've heard it enough, but how? Right? That's the big question. How do I do it? I don't, I don't know. There, there's no manual for it. Like, uh, you know, I guess you can go to classes probably. They probably, they, I've been around Christians long enough to know that we have, a, we have to have a witnessing class. There's got to be a class for everything. And that's fine, but how do I do it? How do I take this and apply it to my life in a, in a practical way? How do I tell people about Jesus? So that's what we're going to do is how do I share my faith? Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear and here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man, they've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Lord, let everyone be changed, let every life be impacted. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, you know, growing up, I grew up uh in church all my life. Anybody in church all their like you like, I was basically, I think I was born under a pew, basically. I'm not even sure we believed in hospitals at that time. But, um, no, I, I was raised in church. Like, I, and I'm, when I say raised in church, I'm not talking about we went every now and then. Come on, Isaiah. You, you know, we went every time the doors were open. Before the doors were open, we were the ones that had the key to open the door. You know, I mean that—that's the way that I grew up in church, and and uh, and anyway, so I, I was a, a pastor's kid, and uh, and any anybody other than Isaiah, pastor's kid, in here. Come on, anybody? I got a couple of pastors' kids. I got a couple, come on, represent right here. Pastors' kids, they go. We go hard, man. That's the way we do. And uh, and you know, my my wife uh, wasn't a, a PK like a pastor's kid. She was a PK as in poor kid. Uh, she grew up. Come on, anybody, any any poor kids growing up? There's a lot more of. Yeah, there we go. There's a lot more of those. And uh, and the, the thing is, is that that I grew up and and I did. I grew up in church, but I wasn't like your normal pastor's kid uh, because I really did love Jesus. You know, I really I loved the church. I served in the church. I worked in the church because I loved the church. It was something that I was very passionate about. And uh, and you know, I didn't go through. Come on, used to you know. Normally, uh, if you want to know where the best parties are, you go to the pastor's kid to find out because chances are they're throwing it. You know, because they're the ones they know how to do everything wrong and get away with it. That's they're the best at it. And uh, but I didn't grow up that way because my dad was a dope smoking hippie. And uh, and number one, he knew everything he would know, you know, like anybody that, that knows that, that somebody's up to no good is somebody that has been up to no good for a long time, you know what I mean? So I was like, I ain't even trying that. And then on top of that, you know, he hears from God. So, uh, but but uh, I, I was like, okay, uh, and, and he was always honest with me, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, yeah, it was fun, I had a good time, but you know, this is so much better, that's just the way he was. So I never felt the need to try it, and then... And uh, and so I I grew up loving Jesus and I had this amazing youth pastor uh, growing up and and it's still very close to him today his name's Brandon Clark and uh, and I love Brandon Clark come on he had he has chin hair he he, he had the chin hair you know and so I thought automatically he heard he heard from God better because he had he had facial hair when I was in and and he still has that chin hair today I think he thinks that it's the pathway to hearing God but uh, but he, amazing man and I, I mean he was one of those guys that you ever get around people that just love they're just fun to be around they're contagious they're they, they have this outgoing personality and and he's one of these guys and uh, just a great guy and uh, he had us all start man he had us so passionate about telling people about Jesus come on he'd preach messages like I'm preaching like you you are there on purpose uh, you God has given you a, a call you know it's not just me it's he would do that all the time so we were excited we just just took it and ran, and we were always trying to find ways to, to figure out how to tell people about Jesus, and I don't know about you, but I always thought, and I feel that it's awkward to walk up to somebody and say, hey, I just want you to know Jesus loves you. I know I'm probably not the most Christian guy here because I think that's awkward, uh, because it was just, it was just like, uh, uh, and they just go, okay, Thank you. Now, I'm, so, I'm not saying that God never tells you to do that because there's, there's a chance that he does, and I've seen people uh, uh, impacted by that. But I, I just, you know, just to walk up to random people, hey, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. It's just like, okay, yeah, I get it, man. Chill out, you know. Uh, and, and so we didn't like doing that, So we, but we came across this golden thing called gospel tracts. Come on, somebody. Anybody that's ever seen a gospel track, it it, it explains the gospel message, but the front has to be something catching, you know, and it always has something to do with hell, you know, like turn or burn. Come on, that's a good one right there. Or you got a one way ticket to hell. there's always some there's some kind of scare tactic in it and and uh and how about the how about the hundred dollar bill that you you it looks like a hundred dollar bill you've been down to pick it up and realize it says I got better news than this hundred dollar bill and you're like the hundred dollar bill was really good news you know (laughs) it's gonna be you know come on and and just so you know if you do those that's fine just don't leave them as tips okay I that's uh unless it's attached to another hundred dollar bill and then amen but I, I uh, you know, but also we didn't like. Well, we were like, well, we don't really. We got these. I mean, we do. We call them track attacks. You know, we're going out, and we we got a stack of tracks, and we're. I mean, you could just go with it, you know. And uh, and so we'd go out, and but we didn't like handing them out because that was just as awkward. You know, you got to put the hand out and see if they want it. You know, and and so we decided, you know what, we'll just take a passive aggressive approach, and uh, we'd go to Walmart. And the best place we were like, okay, you know, where do sinners hang out? Of course, the beer aisle. Come on. So we would stuff them in cases of Coors Light and Bud Light and Miller Light, and it even made it into a few bush lights. Come on, somebody. Uh, that's that's just the way. and so we're stuffing tracks into these boxes so that when people got home and they opened up their devil beer, you know that here they are and they're gonna get saved. And why didn't we put them in diapers or? Uh, chips, you know, it's like uh, the only people that are sinners or, you know, whatever. So so we, we just decided that was the way to do it. And, you know, the truth is, is there's nothing wrong with tracks. There's nothing wrong with that. If, if you like doing that, it's totally fine. But I don't know how many people actually accepted Jesus because of my putting a tract in their beer. That's just the truth is is that I, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll get to heaven and be pleasantly surprised. And there's this big line of people you stuffed a track in my beer. Thanks, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, you'd still be holding a beer. <laughs> yeah, I made the rapture. Now I held my beer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's that's not scriptural. Um uh. Hey, this is third service. You're in for a ride. Uh, but, but anyway, so I was like, I don't know how many people actually got saved via that method. You know, the truth is, is that as I've gotten older, I've realized that really it's not walking up to pe- random people saying, Jesus loves you. That, that it, it does work, but that's not necessarily the way to get people to Jesus. It's not stuffing tracks and beer boxes. Uh, there's, there's other ways to go about it. And, and the best way that I've found to go about this is simply this. It's just to tell them your story. Right, it's just to live your life. You know, I, I worked at the fire department for a lot of years, and, and I didn't walk in preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, I didn't walk in doing that. I didn't have a Bible under my arm and do. You, you know when I walked in, I walked in and lived differently. That's just the way I, I I wasn't I wasn't holier than thou. I just I just walked in and I was who I was because I believe that you know you're not perfect as a Christian, but we are different as Christians. You know, we make mistakes, we fail, we fall short, there's there we're all on a journey, we're all trying to get there. But I just walked in and kind of lived different, and I was just who I was. And and as I just lived my life, there was an opportunity to just share my story. And as I shared my story, people realized and were impacted. By Jesus. That's the biggest thing we have to understand is that God has put us in a place. First Peter 3:15, I love this. It says quietly trust yourself to Christ your Lord. And if anybody asks why you believe as you do, be ready to tell him and do it in a gentle and respectful way. Come on, that's worth the price of admission. Gentle and respectful. Not come on, not standing on a street corner screaming at people. Be gentle and respect. Here's what God. Here's what God is trying to tell you in this First Peter is this that when you're when you're going about your daily life and as you're living your life, when somebody comes up and says, "Hey, listen, can I ask you a question? Why is your life so much different? Why does it seem like you have everything together? Why do you go to church? I don't understand. Like, why would you spend your Sunday at church, or why do you go to community groups, or why are you getting baptized in the middle of? Why? What is? What's up? With that, when you when you go up there and you begin to, when people begin to ask questions, you simply do this: have an answer. Well, the reason why I go to church is not because I think it's good or the Bible says it's good or any of this. The reason why I go to church is because I was addicted to drugs and God set me free. Come on. Or or I was addicted to alcohol and God set me free. Or my marriage was on the rocks and we were about to get a divorce and I came across a church and I had an encounter with Jesus and my wife had an encounter with Jesus and my kids have an encounter with Jesus and all of a sudden my life was forever changed. It's not filled with fights and arguments. But God has impacted our lives. That's your story. That's when you have an answer. And it's not, it's not mean, but it's respectful and saying, listen, I don't know what you've heard about church. And I don't know what church you've been to, but my church is different maybe than yours. Because my church is about love. My church is about preaching a Jesus who loves you. If anyone asks you, have an answer. Here's three guidelines I love for sharing your faith. Three guidelines for sharing your faith. The first one is this, connect before you correct. Connect before you correct. See, Jesus showed us this over and over again all throughout the Bible. You know he he would he would go along and he wouldn't preach uh, he wouldn't find a sinner and start saying hey you sinner you know you need to get your life right what he did was is he went like we see stories about uh, the woman at the well who who would, uh, was, had been married five times was living with the six and and here he, she doesn't know what's going on and Jesus shows up and just begins to love on her how about the woman caught in adultery and here she is in the very act and they cast her before Jesus and, and everybody's ready to kill her and he says hey you he that's without sin, let him throw the first stone. We see this over and over. Jesus loved to connect with people. He wasn't always correcting. He just loved to connect with people. My favorite one is in Luke 19, 1 through 10. It says this, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named uh, Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Now I want you to understand, we all know that tax collectors are of the devil right and if you work for the IRS we love you just the way you are and we believe that God still has hope for you amen i'm just kidding but but back in the, these days they weren't just like IRS you know they doing that they did that but they also took and they stole and they robbed you blind i mean these people were the scum of the earth they were the worst of the worst they were very rich but they were bad people And uh, and here Jesus is coming across this man, and he sought to see Jesus. Zacchaeus sought to see Jesus, uh, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. Come on, all short men said, amen. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, get down from there, you sinner, you stinking heathen. You horrible person. What are you doing up there, you trash? No, no, he didn't he didn't say that. He says, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must take you to lunch. Must stay at your house. Isn't it crazy that here Jesus is and he, he knows everything that's going on and, and he even knows Zacchaeus' name. And it, as he walks up, he doesn't, he doesn't start throwing rocks at him. He doesn't start talking about everything that he's done wrong and all of his mistakes. He says this, hey, Zacchaeus, come come down here. All right, let's do lunch. I want to connect with you. I want to know who you are. I want to talk to you. Here the creator of the universe is... Out taking time for people who are so far away from him. I love that. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw, they all complained, saying, he has gone to be a, a, a guest with a man who is a sinner. Lord, let me, let me tell you this. The church choice city, I pray, will always be known as a friend of sinner's. That we won't be a place where we're sitting back, going, "Hey, listen, you have to have all of these standards in place, and you got to have all of these things." And once you meet this certain standard, then you can come into the house of God and you can lift your hands and you can pray. No, the truth is, is that I believe that we are called to be a friend of sinners. Listen, I can't read a place in the Bible where it says you got to you got to convict people of their sin. You got to preach hellfire and brimstone, and then and then maybe they'll get saved. The truth is, is that you love people where they are, and all of a sudden. God, the goodness of God brings men to repentance. Come on, not the, not the preaching and the hellfire and brimstone, but it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. When you begin to show people the love of Jesus, they begin to change. Let us be a friend of sinners. But when they saw it, I'm sorry, then Zacchaeus stood and said to, to the Lord, Look, Lord, I, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I'm taking anything from Anyone, by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. I don't know what happened at that lunch because it doesn't give us a glimpse, but something powerful happened. Something powerful. And Jesus said to him today, salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to do lunch, to connect with people, to love people where they're at, to seek and to save that which is lost. That's the first thing that we have to do is we got to learn to connect before we correct people. I, uh, when we were getting ready to launch the church, uh, we, we kind of, just for those of you that don't know, we, we parachuted in here. We didn't know anybody. It was, it was one of those crazy things. I had four people on my, in my church, and that was me and my wife and my son and my daughter and, uh, and we were like, hey, we're going to start a church. It's going to be amazing. And so in that process, everybody that would listen about what we were doing, we wanted, to, we wanted to take them out to eat or whatever, just so that we could hopefully maybe get them to come on board and jump on because we needed more help. And, uh, and we had one lady who, came, who called Crystal. She had uh, met Crystal at a, at a, a church event. Uh, in another city, and it was like, "Hey, I heard you are a church. I'm really interested in it. Would love to talk to you." So we did what every Christian does, and we met at Chick Fil A. Come on, somebody, the Christian chicken. And uh, and so we're 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 talking, and, and we're we're just having this conversation. It's her and her husband, and their daughter were playing was playing in the uh, was playing in the you know the little jungle gym, and, and we're just having this conversation. We're talking. And, uh, and as we talk, and I'm telling about, and Crystal's talking about it, man, this girl is on board. Like, we're like, yes, we got her. And I mean, she's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. That's going to be amazing. Everything that we said, it's going to be incredible. This is going to be the best church ever. And I was like, yes, we got this. So, but he was shockingly quiet. And so I looked at him, and I said, okay, well, she's on board. What about you? And he goes, no, not me. I was like, well, it was going well until, huh, but uh, okay. And uh, he, he said, listen, my wife is, she loves this Jesus thing. She loves church, but I'm agnostic. And I'm here because I love my wife. And this makes her happy. And so I'm, I'm going to be there. I'll support her. I'll take her. I'm just not interested in it. I don't, and he, he automatically kind of, you could tell he was jumping on the defensive and I just said, hey, listen, it's okay, just relax, just relax. This isn't an intervention. because That's what most people think, like you're there to intervene and they're like, oh, I'm going to give you, and I said, this isn't an intervention. You know what we did? We just sat there and talked about baseball and we talked about different things in his life, what he did for a living, and we hung out. Nothing, nothing major. And as I drove away, me and Crystal got in the car and as I drove away, I said this, and, and you can ask her, I said, that man is going to be one to Jesus by relationship. Not by a message, but by relationship. He uh, he kinda he he jumped on board, did exactly what he did, and did exactly what he said, just kept showing up, kept helping out, and and uh, and finally he goes, Hey, listen, do y'all mind if I just go ahead and get on a serve team? I'm here anyway, you know, I might as well help, you know. And so, uh, and he goes, and, and I said, absolutely. And he goes, now here, hold on just a second. Do I have to sign anything saying that I, I, I believe in Jesus or anything like that? Because I haven't changed what I believe. And I said, absolutely not. I know a lot of people are like, oh, hold on a minute, you know. The truth is, is that people can shake your hand that aren't Christian, and it's not going to rub off on you, you know. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm automatically unholy because, so we were like, yeah, you can serve. Now, he wasn't preaching from a platform, but I was like, yeah, you can serve. Yeah, absolutely. We, hey, we need all the help we can get. And, and so he just jumped in and started helping and getting on serve teams and helping out. Now, two months ago, he gave his life to Jesus in a service just like this. Not only that, but this morning, he got baptized. Come on. It didn't happen in a message. It happened because we, we loved him. We cared about who he was and what he had been through. And, and we just loved him exactly where he was. Let me tell you something. If we would start connecting with people and understanding that they've gone through a lot of difficulties and there's things in their life and we don't understand it all, but if we would just love them where they were at like Jesus did, maybe we would start seeing more people come to Jesus. Connect before you correct. The second thing is, i got to go. Share your story with people. Mark five sixteen says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, I think uh, so many times the best way to tell your story or to get an opportunity to share your story is not by going in and telling the story first, but it's by serving others. You know, when you, begin to, when you begin to love on people and you begin to serve people, that's why we push serve teams at this church so passionately. Like, we, we love, we, we're not here to serve, come on, I mean, we're not here to be served, but we're here to serve. That's what we do. We're, we're here to be a servant to everybody that comes through those doors. Uh, yesterday, we had a, the biggest city event uh, in, in Royce City, and our church volunteered and completely staffed the entire kids zone, free of charge, just to volunteer. We didn't, we didn't have a Church Royce City tent set up, and we're pushing our agenda, inviting people to church. Uh, but the thing is, is that we were just there to serve. We put on a T-shirt. We loved on people. We, when they asked questions, we told them where to go. We, we sold tickets for the city, and we were just a part. The thing is, is that most people don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And when you begin to love people where they're at and you begin to serve people, guess what? You'll be, God will begin to open a door for you to tell your story to people. Acts eight says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Come on, somebody say witnesses. Say witnesses. In Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, in a courtroom, there's four different parties that are really represented. There's a judge, there's a prosecutor, there's a defender, and there's a witness. And God didn't call you to be a judge. He didn't say, and you will be my judge throughout the earth. He didn't call you to be a prosecutor, and he certainly didn't call you to be a defender. What he did call you to do was be a witness. And what a witness does is simply this tell your side of the story. Yeah, I know you've been burnt by church. I know you've you've gone through some hard things. I know all of that, but this is my side of the story. Come on. I was lost, but now I'm found. You begin to tell your side of the story. That is all that God has called you to be as a witness. The last thing is this. Invite them to a place they can experience the presence of God. Invite them to a place they can experience the presence of God. You know, there's always that... There's always people in your life that you go, man. I just feel like there's never a door. There's never, there's never a time that I can really tell them about my story and where I came from or anything about it. But there are a lot of opportunities. Come on, you invite people to lunch, real easy. You can invite them to church. Say, hey, I, you know, I got, I'm going to this church. I really love because it's amazing and the pastor's bald and beautiful. The Last part, it's not really true, but, but uh, you know. A man can dream. Uh, and uh, anyway, so, but you, you get this opportunity to invite people to church. And that's, you know, the thing is, is that everything that we do here at the church, Roy City, is to create an atmosphere for people to encounter Jesus. We, we believe that that happens from the parking lot, through the nursery, to the kids, uh, all the way through worship experience, because we, we want to create an excellent environment so that you can invite your friends, and you can bring them in, and you don't have to worry, man, is this is this going to be a train wreck, or is it going to be horrible, or is everything going to go wrong, or uh, man, it's, or is the pastor going to get up and do something really weird, or no, we want, the reason why is because we want you to be able to invite your friends to come to church, and we want them not to experience a platform, but experience. Jesus. That's what we want. My uh, wife, as I mentioned before, she didn't grow up in a Christian home. and She, uh, when we, we met, she wasn't even living for God, but she was way too pretty to let go to hell. So i I I did some missionary dating, amen, and uh, got her to come, come into church and said, hey, listen, if you're going to, you know, if you want to date me, <laughs> You're going to you're gonna have to be a Christian, you know, obviously. And, and uh, she took her a little while, and she accepted Jesus, and, man, her life was forever changed. And through that, right there, her, her mom's life was changed. She didn't go to church, and now she's saved and come, serving on a regular basis at our church. Her dad wasn't saved, and he, he came in, and he, he's, he's serving on a regular basis. Her brothers and her sisters, and it was just amazing, this progression that happened through one life. But one day she was in California before her, uh, her granddad passed who lived out there. She has a lot of family out there. And she had a crazy uncle. Come on, anybody got a crazy uncle? There's two requirements. Now, before you answer that, there's two requirements for a crazy uncle. Number one, they got to love and be obsessed with NASCAR. I'm not talking about watch NASCAR. I'm talking about be obsessed. Dale Earnhardt Jr. stickers everywhere. That's the, the way it works. Uh, and number two, they got to love the cold beer. Come on, we got we got cold beer. And, uh, and <laughs> anyway, so she had, she had this crazy uncle, amazing guy, really funny, and a lot of fun to be around. And, and they were sitting out in the back, and they were just hanging out. And he just, he told Crystal, he goes, you know, I know you found Jesus. And I think that's awesome. uh, But there's just no way that I can get to him. I've done too much wrong. I've made too many mistakes. I'm still messed up. I've got too many. See, most people see God as a locked door. There's nothing I can do to get to him. I don't have the key. I don't know how to get to him. And Crystal didn't preach a message, but she said this. She said, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you just go to church with me tomorrow? I found a church. I've been wanting to try it out. Why don't you go to church with me tomorrow? He said, well, I don't know about that. You know, if I go to church, the roof might cave in on me. Crystal goes, no, no, it won't. Trust me. Just come to church. And he went to church. Had never been in a church kind of like this. And worship was going on. And Crystal looked over after the first song. And he's got tears running down his face and she's like okay you know this is good you know I hope you know and and she said about three songs in he's not just crying but he's sobbing and Crystal after the worship was done she looked at him and she said are, are you okay and he goes I feel the presence of God somebody that I thought I could never get to a gate that I thought was locked, he came to me. And and in a moment, I'm in a church where I thought that I wasn't welcome and I feel the presence of God in this place. He went through the message and continued to cry. Crystal couldn't tell you what the message was about. But at the end of the message, just like I'm going to do at the end of this message, he gave an altar call for people to come as they are with their faults, with their failures, with their mistakes. He didn't have a list of do's and don'ts. And if you've got all of this, this stuff wrong in your life, don't even bother to put your hand up. He didn't say any of that. He said, Jesus loves you just the way you are. See, my favorite passage in the Bible is this, that while you were still in sin, Christ died for you. That while you were still addicted to drugs and while you were still sleeping around and while you were still lying and while you were still cheating and while you were still gossiping, Christ loved you enough to die for you. He's not looking for perfection, friend. He loves you just the way you are. And at the end of that message, her uncle came as he was.